0: to the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. Today we've got the number one player in Indiana for the class of 2024, Indiana Bulls player, Alabama baseball commit, Nash Wagner on the show today. This dude hit 91 miles an hour as a freshman last season at Zionsville High School. I'm excited to see how this guy develops these next three years before heading to Alabama. Bama, it's a great baseball program. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do there once he gets there in 2024. Um, Today we kind of talk about the Indiana Bulls, we talk about Nash's recruiting process, talk about the success of Zionsville baseball, they've had three guys go D1 these past few years pitching-wise, also talk about the strength of Central Indiana sports, Uh, Central Indiana sports is absolutely crazy right now, talk about Nash's advisor selection process and much more, so let's dig into the interview. And welcome back to the JKR podcast today I've got the number one player in the 2024 class for Indiana Alabama baseball commit I got Nash Wagner on the show today Nash I'm super excited to have you on the show how are you doing
1: I'm doing great I'm super happy to be here
0: hey thank you man Uh, thanks for coming on the show Um, but just to get things started off every question I like to ask everybody for those who don't know who you are how would you introduce yourself
1: Um, I'm Nash Wagner and I'm just a kid from Indiana trying to make myself known. Trying to give everybody watch me a show.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's dig into your recruiting process a little bit. You're a sophomore in high school right now, already committed to Alabama. So when did that recruiting process start for you? And when did those D1 teams start reaching out?
1: Um, the first conversation with the D1 program I can remember was IU and I was going into my eighth grade year. I was at a hitting practice with some of my buddies and my dad was like, Hey, you gotta come out to the car real quick. And that was when it all really began. And that was when I was 13 years old. And after that, everything just kept rolling in.
0: Yeah. So when you got called out to the car when you get called out to the car by your dad, uh, was that Jeff Mercer on the phone?
1: It was Dan Hell at the time.
0: Okay. Okay. So what was that conversation like?
1: It was it was nerve wracking. It wasn't very long. It was only like five minutes or so. It was just an introductory call, just getting to know it. And obviously, I was nervous because that was my first call that I had. So, and he he was totally awesome with it. And Dan's a great guy, and I still talk to him to this day. And um, he just he helped me through a lot and like gave me advice on everything else. So he kind of helped me um, with my whole recruiting process, and just was yeah. a great interview.
0: So after that phone call with the coach, um, was there other? Uh, did other schools start rolling in pretty quickly there, like having conversations with you?
1: Oh, after that, about four other schools rolled in, like Duke, Louisville, Michigan, and some others, Pitt, all started to come. And then it kind of took a break because I got injured during that COVID period when COVID first started. And then it really started to pick up after that. And this past summer was when it got really serious for me. I think I talked to a total of 21 schools and it was it was a great process and I got up to about one time I had seven calls in a day and that was that was a lot for me
0: yeah can I take us through that day you had seven calls how'd that go I mean seven calls is quite a bit with some coaches
1: to to Georgia so when we're at the airport I was calling a school when we landed I was calling a school we're in the car going to the hotel I was calling school after the game I called school like it was it was a hectic day yeah, but honestly, looking back on it, it was super fun. It taught me kind of how to manage my time really well because I would have to I would set alarms five minutes before the call, get prepared on what I was about to say. Yeah. But I'm really thankful for it. And it got crazy, but it was fun.
0: Yeah. So, were most of those teams are those Big Ten and SEC schools?
1: Yes, it it mainly boiled down to um, SEC and ACC, okay. and a few pens sprinkled in here and there. But I was mainly in SEC. Okay.
0: So you said you kept contact with Dan from IU throughout the entire process. So when he kind of moved on, for because he's gone from IU, correct?
1: Yes, he's gone. So when yeah. he
0: moved on, um, how did that conversation keep going with him?
1: Um, well, by the time he moved on, I had been talking with Mercer and mainly just Mercer. Okay. But I every once in a while, just because he was a great dude, he was really easy to talk to for me, and he gave me great advice so
0: so Bloomington's not that far from you so did you ever take a visit to Bloomington
1: I did when I was when I just had turned 14 I went down there for a camp and I met with the pitching coach Justin Parker who's now at South Carolina but he was awesome and I really liked him and honestly I thought IU was going to be the place for me when I was younger but it's just it's crazy how fast opinions can change in that and like when when new school and look at it, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to go here. Then you go to the next one. And it's the same thing over and over again. But Bloomington was definitely up there for me. And at first I loved it because they had the driveline. They had all the stuff that I really wanted there. But as it went on, I saw like, okay, like the, the finer things, like, okay, maybe I want to go somewhere a little warmer. Maybe I want to go somewhere like we're um, like the SEC for me was a huge thing. Like the conference that I played in, like I wanted to play the best of the best. Yeah, of course. So,
0: so you had that first call with uh, the coach at IU, your eighth grade year. So when exactly did you get your first offer?
1: My first offer was this uh, spring of 2021 and Alabama was my first offer. It was crazy because we went down there during my high school baseball season and I was blown away because Alabama, the campus was there. And the campus was a huge part for me. Not, like not only the conference, but like I'm going to be living there for the majority of my high sp- my college career. So that was a huge thing to me, like a place where I could feel at home. And biggest thing for me was go where I was wanted. And obviously they wanted me and they talked to me like I think Matt rated the assistant coach there. I can't remember a summer game that we had where he wasn't there. Like, even if I wasn't pitching or playing, he was always there. So Alabama made me feel at home and they valued me and they always talked to me and they set up stuff for me. So it did. Like, even though they were my first offer, like it still that stuck with me.
0: Yes. So Alabama SEC school, get your first offer from an SEC school. I mean, how crazy is that just to know that the best a school in the best conference in the country is giving you your first offer?
1: Yeah it was it was awesome and obviously I had a ton of people get me there and I couldn't have done it without um, the Bulls and the Moore family. Um, Quinn Moore uh, was great friends with the Alabama head coach and had great connections all around so he got me in touch with them to start and honestly I can't thank like the people around me who pushed me there like it's it's all them. Yeah like behind the scenes they helped me through everything but yeah it was definitely super exciting and it just kind of started all off for me because the beginning of 2021 uh, season was when it all started to ramp back up for me like I was finally healthy again scouts were coming out and they were the first ones to give me that offer and it was awesome getting the S- SEC because at first when I was younger I was told like you're probably going to go big 10 and you're probably going to have to work your way up from there but getting that SEC offer and being able to play in the best conference with the best competition was crazy for me. And just kind of showed me that the hard work's paying off and all the other people who pushed me and helped me get there was, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. So can you kind of take us through that visit you took to Alabama when they made you that offer? Yes. So
1: I One of my good friends um, in the middle of high school season. And when we went down there, they set up kind of like a camp for me. And it was it was it was a camp. I had to pay like fifty dollars or something. They showed me around, and honestly, one of the biggest things for me was the development side because I'm blessed to play at Alabama, and I'm going to go there and I'm going to develop. But I want to play beyond that. So, and just the way that they develop their kids and like their equipment that they have because they get a lot of that um, money from football, of course. So the facility, the weight room, the nutrition there is on the next level and biggest thing for me was development because not only am I going to play in the best conference, that's a huge thing for me, but when they showed me their weight room where they feed their kids and not only that on the academic side, like the help that they get their players get is crazy and it's it's just, it's going to be a great experience going there. And when they showed me that they showed me that they care about me too. Like it's not just all okay, we're gonna work you at baseball, and then you can go do your classes like they get time for you they they understand things yeah. they just make it feel super at home,
0: yeah, so with Alabama being your first offer and that's the school you chose, did you get other offers, or did you kind of commit like almost right away
1: yeah i got I got a few other offers um my final three was between Alabama Clemson and Vanderbilt and Honestly, what set apart for me because Vanderbilt was kind of waiting and everything is when we went to take a visit to Clemson and me and Ahmad went together and Clemson compared to Alabama was crazy. And it just kind of set in perspective. Like the night we got back to the hotel, I was like to my parents, I sat them down. I'm like, I think I'm going to go to Alabama because just compared to another big school like that, Clemson, South part of the United States, like it was just crazy. The Mm -hmm. difference. And Clemson's still super nice, don't get me wrong, but Alabama compared to Clemson was crazy. And that was a huge part for me, again, was campus life and, like, where I was going to be staying. So that's what really set it apart for me.
0: Yeah. So, you obviously, you went to Clemson on a visit. So what other schools did you kind of visit throughout the process?
1: So we went to a lot of just, like, driving around because we would go everywhere for tournaments. So we would stop by different. Colleges. We went to Duke, Wake Forest, Alabama, IU, of course, um, man, Clemson, and Vanderbilt, and every place was super nice, and they all had their great qualities, different qualities. Like I think the craziest thing was when we went to Wake Forest, how different Wake Forest was than I thought it was going to be. It's one entrance, one exit, campus enclosed, mm-hmm. and that was really cool to me. The, the biggest thing for me, honestly besides the campus was around the campus area and Alabama's in a great town too. And Vanderbilt was a little urban for me and I'm not a huge urban guy like, and same with Louisville. So I wanted a college town feel and mm-hmm. Alabama blew everybody else out of the water with that.
0: Yeah. So um, obviously you have a good relationship with Ahmad who's going there the same year you are, but do you have any other good relationships with guys who are committed to Alabama currently?
1: Yeah. When we, we went down there this fall for a fall game and I met some dudes down there we went down for a football in a inter-squad scrimmage Peyton Steele he's a great guy I talked to him a bit um but honestly that's the only guy I really talked to committed in my class from there I'm super excited to meet him and as um we keep getting more kids committed in that class like it'll be fun to know him and honestly I was one of the first I think it was me Peyton Steele another kid named Ashton we were the f- first three Alabama commits, and then Ahmad was the fourth. So we didn't have a ton of kids in that class, but now it's building, and there's kids below us even committing in the 2025 class. So this summer, it will be super fun to see those kids because yeah. we'll obviously all be at the same events, and it will be super fun to just introduce ourselves and watch them play.
0: Yeah. So Always most day. of those guys who are committed to the committed to Alabama in your same grade class, are they going to be in a lot of the tournaments down in to Atlanta with you? Yes. Um, going to Grand Park, stuff yeah. like that?
1: Peyton's on a team, Vipers Baseball Club or something like that. And they're really good. They're a top-tier team. So they'll be down there. And, of course, all the other guys will be down there. And we'll be in touch, too. I have all the guys' social media. So we'll obviously meet up and be watching each other play.
0: So you still got two more years before you head to Alabama, head to campus. But what are some of the main things you think you need to work on before you head to the collegiate level?
1: Oh, there's a ton of things that come to mind. And, honestly, it's just – for me and a lot of other kids, the VLO is what gets you noticed as a, as a pitcher, like that high 90, 91. And I have that, but my mechanics are obviously need work. Like I can get that high fastball, but my mechanics and my off speed are the main thing that need to get better because I can pitch now and I can be great at 16, but the goal is to be great at 2025, like beyond that. And, um, I work with um, Eric Cressy and I get programs from them for baseball. And that's the same thing Alabama does. So basically I'm always checking in, seeing what I need to do. So I'm on the same page as the Alabama guys. So when I get there, it's not like I'm doing a whole new thing. So I guess what I need to do for me, sorry, my dog is barking like crazy. What I need to do for me is just be ready for what they have and not go into it, not knowing anything like go into it, okay, they want me to do this exercise. I've done this one before. Like, let me do it and not being totally clueless when it comes to the things that they have me do.
0: Yeah. So what are you throwing right now? Uh, Velocity-wise.
1: I just started up. I was 91 last season, and right now I'm in the middle of my ramp up and I'm just doing light intensity, medium intensity bullpens because right now I'm in the middle of basketball season. And one thing Alabama and coach Bohannon's big on is me playing basketball. And he's like, go be the best basketball player you can be right now. Let baseball wait because yeah. Yeah. there's no need to rush anything, right?
0: College coaches, they want athletes. They don't want just baseball players.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I honestly, in the middle of maybe quitting basketball this year and just focusing on baseball. And I talked to coach Bohannon about that. He's like, man, go play basketball. We have staff games all the time. And those are like the best part of our week. And I'm like, right, I'll do it. And he, yeah, he wants athletes. Like obviously I, I am an athlete and, but basketball just has so many other upsides to it. Like just making me like my footwork, my speed and everything. And it's just going to translate over to baseball. So Nothing bad can come out of it. So,
0: are you are you a football player as well, or just basketball, baseball? Basketball.
1: My mom would never let me play no. football.
0: No. So, what are you doing in the fall? Are you focusing more on basketball or uh, baseball?
1: So, in the fall, that's a tough time for me because this fall I took off pitching, so it was kind of just getting back into basketball. But normally, I'll be throwing in the fall and trying to transition to basketball because our basketball team's pretty good and like our coach is pretty serious about it. Like Indiana basketball's legit. So I got to be ready for that. So it's mainly more geared towards basketball and getting in shape for that and everything.
0: So you said you threw 91 last year as a freshman in high school. So when Mm -hmm. exactly did you hit that 90 mile power club?
1: That was at the Indiana Bulls scout day. And well, I hit 90 actually, I hit 90 in my high school season. So it was my, first start on varsity so I started the year off on JV last year and then got called up to play first base on varsity but I was also still a pitcher and I would pitch like JV here and there and then I would pitch some varsity but it was my first varsity start we were playing Harrison and in the fifth inning I hit 90 that was the first time I hit 90 in game yeah. and then um after that i didn't hit it again for a while i was all 88 89 and then we went to bulls scout day which is basically um a showcase for the bulls and i hit 91 that day on the mound. and there were a lot of people there and i was i was hyped up i was ready to go all my teammates were giving me velo slaps and that was the first time i hit 91 so
0: so could you kind of take us through your pitching repertoire obviously you have a fastball but what are, what are some of those other pitches that you throw
1: yeah. So in high school, I was mainly fastball and I wouldn't even call it a slider. I call it more of a slurve. I was fastball, slurve, changeup. And that those were my main three. And normally for me, my fastball was always on, but it would either be my slurve or my changeup that was looking really good that day. So depending on which one of those it was, I would mainly flip between my fastball or my slurve or my fastball and my changeup. Okay. And when I got towards summer, when I was working with my pitching coach on just new things, I have pretty big hands for a pitcher. So I was able to throw a pretty good splitter and I could run that up to 82, 83, and then it would just, the bottom would fall out. So I replaced that for my changeup. So midseason, I had fastball slurve splitter, which is kind of an interesting.
0: Yeah. Free, a little odd, yeah
1: but... And I think, the slurve kind of came from just my arm action. I just naturally cut the ball. So it was mainly a curveball. ball. And then when I'm cutting it, it would still have that slider motion to it. So those were my main three I went with. And my splitter was pretty good. And that was a standout pitch for me, besides my fastball, because not many kids had that. And it was an interesting pitch that you wouldn't expect somebody to throw. So you so say those your is were... your number two? What was that?
0: You would say your splitter is your number two pitch? Yeah. 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 So who would you say some of those toughest hitters to face are?
1: Uh, I got to go with Marucci Elite from Texas. They were – I pitched against them in Lake Point. They were coached by Adam Dunn, um, really good hitter, as you know. And um, I played them down in Lake Point, and it was about 11 o'clock. And this was a huge game for us because they had a kid on the mound named Kasan Evans who's like – I think he's like 13th in the nation or something. Really good pitcher, Two Really good. We were both – um 88, 89 the whole night, the stands were lined. And it was was a huge game, great atmosphere. And these kids, I just, I held them pretty well, but they could hit. Like, I couldn't get anything past them. Like, they were on my fastball, so I really had to locate. Like, normally I can get a fastball in there and then work off my off speed. But that night, I was straight sliders. Like, I bet I threw 70% sliders that night because those Texas kids could just hit and they were ready for a fastball. An 89 fastball, they saw that every day, so that was nothing new to them. Then my splitter, it was it was dropping a lot, but they were ready for it. Like, they knew what it was going to do, so I was straight slider that night, and my teammates, they had a hell of a defensive game. Like, RJ Carmardi had a diving play, um, huge out. Ahmad was crazy in center, and we didn't have an error that game, so it wasn't all just me. Like my infield was backing me up because they they were hitting me. Like it wasn't like I was getting strikeouts for outs. They would yeah. they put barrels on balls. <laughs> <coughs> so oh, the best taste.
0: Yeah. So last year as a freshman, what do you think would be tougher? So last year as a freshman playing varsity baseball in so in Central Indiana, or facing some of the top guys that you're are you're are your age. Ooh,
1: it that's that's a tough one because. Indiana's underrated for their baseball in high school, especially like we got we play some teams and they can just mash and you don't expect it. Like in sectionals, we had our best pitcher who is at Ball State currently. And it was it just wasn't his day. and He got lit up and he was still ninety two, ninety four. And so Um, but then again, there are some really good kids we play. And I, I honestly couldn't tell you which one's harder because they're both really hard. And especially in that atmosphere with high school baseball, like playing for your community, that puts a lot of pressure on you too. But then again, playing in front of 30 scouts is tough too against the best of the best. I think there was one time I pitched one inning in a rehab game, or for me, rehab inning, and we played San Diego show. And this UCLA catcher commit came up against me. And that was tough. The kid was really good. I saw him the game before, mashed him balls. And it's just those kind of kids that you see, like you might see two of those kind of guys per lineup when you play in the summer. And then when you're here in Indiana, you'll see like an Ohio state commit IU commit there. And it's different. A senior and a sophomore are very different players. Yeah. Cause that senior bat that you face in high school, he's, he's seen 89 for two more years than that other kid has. So it's, they're both extremely hard. I couldn't say which yeah. one's harder.
0: I asked the I mod the same thing, and he had he had a tough time answering that one too. I was just I was just curious what it was facing the top guys at your level compared to I mean those grown those grown men who are eighteen years old. So yeah, I wasn't sure. But moving more directly to the Indiana Bulls, obviously they're a top tier program. So when exactly did you first get connected with them?
1: After my thirteen U season, I went and played. 14U with the Bulls so I've been in the Bulls for two years now I'm going on my third season but my coach was Rick Steiner really awesome coach and he first saw me in 13U and our group of guys is really really good and when I went to that 14U team we were unstoppable like I think we were eighth in the nation and then we split up half the team went to the Canes half the team stayed with the Bulls but the biggest thing for me with the Bulls is the Bulls have great connections and Biggest thing for me was getting seen and the Bulls do a great job of that. Like their top tier program. They always, they're always getting their kids out there. We're always playing at the best events. They always have, they have great connections. They always have guys coming to see us. So I think the biggest thing with the Bulls was that stood out to me was their ability to connect their players with coaches, like and be honest with their players of where they think they're going to play and they have great reputations with reputation with coaches because they do that like they're honest with them and give honest So every kid has a fit for them so it's not like one kid's left out of it everybody's talking to somebody everybody's talking to the coach at their level that they're going to be able to play at. so they do a great job of connecting their kids
0: yeah yeah so you kind of touched on it there but obviously the Bulls they have a rich history of great ball players they've got I mean MLB all-stars guys heck winning Lance Lynn winning 20 games So just you being an insider of the program, what has kind of led to that success?
1: Honestly, it's just the way we compete. Every Bulls team goes out there because everybody pretty much knows the Bulls now. And that's something that people didn't used to know. We've made a great name for ourselves. So people are coming out to watch us now. And I think it's honestly just putting on a show because you got Max. Everybody knows Max. Everybody knows Max plays for the Bulls. And everybody's coming to see us and they want to see us compete. And they want to see that little swag that we have. Because we're a we're a competitive team and we always we always show it. So whenever somebody comes to watch us, they're not disappointed. Yeah. Because we're all, we're always going to put it all out on the field and give everybody a great show.
0: Yeah. So out of all your Bulls teammates that are on that 2024, class, uh, 2024 team, who are some of the guys you think who's kind of flown under the radar so far in their career?
1: Oh, that's a that's a good one. Brayton Thomas, great guy. He's going to IU, so he has far under the radar, but. He's going to be a dude one day because he can spin it for a lefty and he's, he's right. He's three fours from the left side. Like that's hard to hit. And then um, Griffin Tobias, another IU guy, Mm -hmm. super far into the radar, but he's a dude, great two-way potential. And like, you just don't know what he's going to like. He could be a great pitcher or he could be a great shortstop. That's the best part about him. And then Jace, Jace Lee is a really good, great right-handed swing. And he's got a cannon for an arm, and I honestly think this is going to be his breakout season. And I can't wait to see what he does.
0: Awesome! I can't wait. To, I can't wait to go watch you guys play this year, man. There's
1: one, it's Simon Wilkinson. He's he's a Zionsville guy too, so I play with him a lot. But the amount of um, growth he's had is incredible. He was um, 84, top in 84 last year, at the very end of the season, and he's already up to 89 and he's a dude who's flown under the radar like crazy six one built kid yeah. great work like he's gonna he's gonna be able to go anywhere he wants if he keeps it up so yeah.
0: so you mentioned griffin tobias as a potential two-way player obviously you play first base too are you think you're gonna be playing first base in alabama at all or you just gonna be focusing on pitching
1: that's a tough one that's a tough one i i don't think i will sadly but for um high school i think i'll definitely be a two-way all through my high school career and then um travel ball with the Bulls. Like, obviously, if they need me here to play a position, I'm going to be there. Yeah. But my main focus in the summer is getting seen for pitching because it's kind of transitioning over from getting seen by colleges to getting seen by MLB scouts and other people who can um, help me get to that next level.
0: Yeah. So when you're not pitching for Zionsville, you, do you play first base every game or do you DH as well?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Last year, um, about halfway through the season, I got called up to play first base on varsity. And when I didn't pitch – Cause I didn't pitch a ton on varsity last year. Cause we had dudes like we have Drew Dixon who's going to Northwestern craziest curveball I've ever seen in my life. Like I can't even catch it when I play catch with him. And then Nate dome who's at ball state now. So we had pitching filled up. So we were really good on that. So I played mainly first base and that'll probably be the same this year too. I would assume. And then, I probably won't DH a ton. Like if I'm not playing first, I'll probably won't play and other kids will get to play. So I get rest and everybody else gets rest and everybody gets their chances.
0: So, yeah. So, I mean, you've got, you said Drew Dixon, uh, Nate, what, Dom?
1: He's at Boston. Okay. He was last year. Those,
0: Those are both names that I've seen in the past. So how is Zionsville producing all this top level pitching talent?
1: It's part of it is the Bulls and Quinn Moore and Jared Moore both live in Zionsville. So, they have a great reputation, yeah. and they know what doing when it comes to coaching. And honestly, like we just have great talent here, and we have a great feeder system, Z- Zionsville Baseball Club. Which mainly every kid that's like on the Bulls now, like me, Simon, and a few other my buddies that are all in the Bulls organization, started there. So we have a really good feeder system, and we just do a really good job of connecting kids and keeping them in Zionsville and getting them into baseball and we just have a lot of kids that like to work hard
0: yeah
1: and they're determined
0: yeah um so um when I was talking with Max he was telling me about the Indiana Bulls national team that the 2023 Mm -hmm. class is starting
1: Mm -hmm. but he also
0: said the 2024 class is going to have a national team next year yeah so are you kind of excited for that what do you what are you Uh, looking forward to for for
1: that that, I think that'll be awesome time and we'll be we'll expand because We're already really known. And Max is helping that out a lot because he's he's a big image and he's getting kids to that 2023 national team. And hopefully kids are seeing that and they're like, all right, I want to play on the Bulls next year. So they're gonna come to our team and we're gonna be we're gonna be a team. We're we're already a team this year. Like we're gonna be hard to stop. But next year when we get on that national level and we start getting kids from like Texas, Florida, even maybe even California, like who knows what we'll be like. that will be crazy. Yeah.
0: So I kind of want to transition a little bit. Obviously, before we started the interview, I told you I'm trying to be an MLB certified agent here after I graduate from IU. So obviously I like seeing like the player side of things, how they chose their advisor, how their advisor reached out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of want to see how, how did your relationship start with your advisor and how did they reach out to you?
1: Yeah, so my advisor or, People he works with, uh, Jay Lair, and he's my pitching coach. So I already had a great relationship with him. And then once he saw my potential, kind of, then he started reaching out. And honestly, I didn't know anything about this process. And they helped me through it him and uh, Chris Lomotus and the Headline Sports Group uh, agency. And they have great guys. They have Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon. So they're definitely credible. And the biggest thing to me was they wanted the best for me. And I personally knew them. And I didn't know all these other people coming at me or anything and the biggest thing for me is I knew them and I knew that they had my best interest in mind and I knew they were going to help me and it was my coach too so I knew he was giving me the right info yeah,
0: yeah. so who are some of those other guys that kind of reach out to you throughout that process
1: um personally I don't know what's on my dad kind of handled that yeah. side he didn't want to get me totally wrapped up in that but he did tell me about um the headline sports group with my pitching coach because that was um close home and everything he he kind of helped me with that decision he's like I honestly don't know he didn't know anything about it either so he was getting questions answered he's like I think this is the best fit for us like these other guys they're national they're good they have good reputations but we know these people so let's stick with them
0: yeah so it's kind of no-brainer for you guys just having a personal relationship with those Mm -hmm.
1: exactly yeah
0: so I got a few more questions for you before we end off the podcast obviously we've been talking a lot about baseball so let's kind of move Mm -hmm. on from that so what are some of your passions beyond the field
1: Man, I like – I love hanging out with my buddies. I got a good group of four friends. That, they're always over here. We're always hanging out together. We're always working out. And, honestly, our hobbies getting better. Like, we're always pushing each other. Like, if we have an off weekend, we're going and doing live babies. Like, or we're going to the basketball court and playing some two-on-two. And other than that, I like fishing a little bit. I have a pond in my backyard. So, I'm out there sometimes. But, yeah, I just like getting better. Like, that's – like, when I'm not doing that, like – I'll be doing like driver's ed or something at home. You're
0: not you're not even driving yet.
1: I'm not even driving yet. I I started late on driver's ed, so I am supposed to get my license February 18th or not February 18th, April 18th.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I, didn't, I, got, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't realize that, but yeah. uh, you got a, you got a pond in your backyard so you what you live on a farm or something like that?
1: Yeah, we live kind of in the countryside of indiana or in zionsville and so we have a barn in the backyard and i have a batting cage in there and workout equipment and then we have a pond in our backyard so that's nice a lot of room.
0: yeah so besides getting better and fishing in your pond is there some other stuff you like doing in your hometown of zionsville
1: yeah we have um i like biking around with my friends because in the summertime that's fun even when we have cars and everything we'll still go out for a bike ride and that's super fun and we have um there's like a hill in our town. So we'll go over there. There's a big field. We'll play like spike ball or something. Just be kids, honestly. And like, there's a Creek. We'll go swim in it. Sometimes my friend has a pool, so we'll go swim over there. Yeah. So just being kids other than that. But like when we are biking around, we're going to the hill to run hill sprints too. So like, we we don't have much other to do here. Honestly, we're either playing 2k Fortnite inside, or We're out biking, trying to go do some hill sprints or run some sprints on the football field or something like that. Yeah.
0: So um, obviously, like I said earlier, you've two years before you uh, get to the Alabama campus, um, the new NIL regulations came out this past July. Have you put any thought into like, oh, like a dream brand that you'd like to work with at some point?
1: And um, I'll work with anybody. Honestly, I'm super excited for that. And that's honestly been a huge thing for me because I'm trying to um, expand myself on social media, obviously, to get my following up. So I have more companies reach out to me, but I am excited
0: for that. Yeah, that's what, that's what I love to hear. Like I said, with me trying to be an MLB agent, uh, helping players build their brands. I love it when uh, younger guys are just trying to build their brand, um, help their marketing, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. Ash, I think that's all I got for you. I, I'm super excited to watch you guys play this year. Maybe I'll make it up to Zion's, We'll watch a game, but I'll definitely be watching Indiana Bulls this year. Go see you, RJ, Ahmad, Braden, uh, Tom, Thomas. I've been I've built a relationship with him a little bit. So I'm excited to watch him pitch as well. But yeah. I'm so excited to see where your career goes. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Thank you. I'm very thankful that you had me. It was a yeah. privilege.
0: And there we go. Another great episode in the books. I just want to thank Nash for coming on the show today. Absolute stud pitcher, number one player in Indiana for his class 2024. Um, just like we talked about in the interview, it's Central Indiana baseball is absolutely crazy. Nash last year tapped out at 91 as a freshman and was still playing JV. I mean, imagine playing JV baseball and having to face up against upper 80s, lower 90s. That's just that's just crazy to my mind. Anyway, we've got another Indiana high school baseball prospect, Alabama baseball commit in the same class as Nash, Ahmad Duff, coming on the show. He's one of their Indiana Bulls teammates. Uh, make sure to check that out tomorrow as as, as that's going to round out week number four here of season two. Um, make sure to follow us on social media. I really love the support you guys are having so far. Uh, give the social medias a follow. Um, Instagram, TikTok is at at JKR underscore podcast. And then Tinder, Twitter is just at JKR podcast. Um, also give our website a, a follow. Um, it's www.jkrpodcast.com. Like I said, I really like the support. Hope you guys continue that. So I'll catch you guys tomorrow.